In this episode, I want to talk about lifestyle businesses. This is near and dear to my heart because that's the kind of business I run. And oddly enough, it's the type of business that Silicon Valley folks like to make fun of. (laughs) But I want to talk about why it's so great and why it is so achievable. And I'm going to share five creative examples of crazy and wild lifestyle businesses. I'm Larry Cornette, and this is Invincible Solopreneurs. So this is also at newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com if you want to read it, and I've linked a few things. Uh, It's five creative examples of lifestyle businesses. How could you potentially replace your nine-to-five income? So planning a new business can already feel a bit scary, especially if it's your first time. You know, if this this is something you haven't done before, yeah, it's a little scary. It's a little intimidating. It's even more overwhelming if you tell yourself that you need to come up with a multi-million dollar business idea or even worse, a billion dollar idea. So I'm going to take a moment and tell a true story. I experienced that last bit of stress when I met with a potential investor to discuss a startup I was planning probably back in 2011. It was a long time ago. And I still think it'd be a cool product. (laughs) Really cool product and a a cool business, by the way. Uh, Briefly, just imagine having backstage access to your favorite performance artist during their informal practice sessions. So when they're just riffing and practicing and and just being themselves. Yeah, I still want it. (laughs) I I still think it's a cool idea. Anyway, he said, I don't think we'd be interested. At most, that idea would generate about 50 million in revenue a year. And we only invest in startups that have the potential to reach a billion. Yeah, okay then. (laughs) I would have been happy with 50 million. Um, So let's not set a ridiculous goal like that for your business. I mean, hey, if you do end up making millions and billions of dollars from your idea, kudos, congratulations. I'm not telling anybody not to go for that. But I know a more realistic goal will set you free from your nine to five job more quickly and give you an enjoyable life during your business journey. And do you know what that goal is? What that realistic goal is? Just replace the income you receive from your current nine to five job. That's it. The first, quote, lifestyle business I created did that easily within the first few months, right after I started it. And even better, it started generating a greater annual income than my previous nine to five salary by probably the end of the first year. I was doing well enough to be 
the only income earner for the family. So I was supporting a family of four. We had two very young children, little baby and a toddler. We were renting a house. I had just bought a new SUV with cash, which first time in my life. And then uh, we felt pretty darn comfortable with our lifestyle. However, maybe you're not familiar with the term lifestyle business. As I said, that's a a pejorative term in Silicon Valley, but I kind of like it. Let me start with what I think is a pretty nice definition from Wall Street Mojo. So here's what they say. A lifestyle business is a type of business that is designed to support the owner's preferred lifestyle rather than solely focusing on maximizing profits or achieving high levels of growth. Owners of lifestyle businesses prioritize personal goals, such as flexibility, work-life balance, and the pursuit of their passions over the traditional business objective of maximizing profits. So yeah, it's not about maximizing profits. It's not about a billion-dollar business. And I like the point they make about the owner prioritizing personal goals over business goals. That's a tremendous difference from being an employee at a traditional company. There's no way your personal goals would ever, ever be more important than the business goals of the company. Ask all the people who've been laid off this year. Even when someone is a founder and the owner of a traditional business, they often put the company's goals ahead of their own needs. Happens a lot. And that's a recipe for burnout, if you ask me. Here's my shorter definition of how I think about a lifestyle business. A lifestyle business generates profit equivalent to the compensation you're currently receiving from your job, and it immediately enables you to live a better life right now. Right now. That last part is essential. This isn't about building a business that may eventually generate millions in revenue so you can live a lavish lifestyle later. But you're miserable now, working yourself to death to, quote, hopefully get there before you die. And a lot of people want that. They try that. They're going to work, 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 hoping to make a ton of money so they can have that great fancy lifestyle, maybe later, maybe just in time for retirement. And that's not what I believe in. I want you to live a better life right now. Every lifestyle business I've created, I immediately had a better life (laughs) than I was having with my nine to five job. And I think with a lifestyle business, when you reach that level of revenue, that profitability, you can maintain your current lifestyle without a hitch. So that's the idea. You kind of transition from your current job to this lifestyle business and pretty quickly you have enough money that it feels kind of seamless. 
For some people, that's easier than they would imagine. You know, if they're working a minimum wage job, it's not going to take a lot to replace that income. For other folks, you know, if you're a tech executive in Silicon Valley, for example, that number might be a lot higher and perhaps more challenging to achieve. But I'll let you in on a little secret. You get to define what lifestyle means for you. For example, I made pretty decent money as a tech exec in my past life. Way back before I left that uh, crazy lifestyle in 2010. Uh, I also lived in one of the most expensive parts of the United States, the Bay Area of California. That is not a cheap place to live. So if I had stayed in the Bay Area and had to replace my executive compensation, I would have had to create a business that generated considerable revenue and profit. And I did that for a while, but it was pretty stressful. I was working really, really hard. And I considered grinding even harder to keep making it work. However, I finally realized that my life could be much easier and better if I reduced my cost of living. So there's two ways to play this game of building a business that supports your lifestyle, (laughs) making more money and reducing your cost of living. So we sold our house and we moved to a more affordable location, still in California, but more affordable than the Bay Area. You get more house for your money. We downsized our home, streamlined our life. And all of that was a good idea anyway, as we became empty nesters pretty soon after that. I mean, what's the point of having an enormous house when it's just the two of you? What's the point of that? I've never understood that. I mean, our house isn't small, but it's smaller than what we had. It wasn't only about reducing our cost of living expenses, though. I was tired of the city life tired of crowding, tired of traffic jams. If you've been on the freeways in the Bay Area, you know what I'm talking about. And for the longest time, long before moving to California, we'd always dreamed of living in the country somewhere with more land and loved the idea of being closer to the mountains to go skiing, wanted to be close enough to national forest to go for hikes. And we are, we're really close to a national forest. So I intentionally designed the life I wanted and a business to enable it. This wasn't accidental. Where we moved and why we moved here was intentional. It wasn't about getting rich. It was about being free. It was about controlling my time. It was about living a good life while I was still young enough to enjoy it. And I have a a quote from Derek Sivers. If you don't know who Derek Sivers is, he's an interesting individual. He was the, the founder of CD baby and sold it, I think for 22 million way back when. And, uh, he's, he's always been independent. This quote from Derek says, when you make a company, you make a utopia. 
it's where you design your perfect world. That is so true. If you're going to be an employee, you have to live in the world someone else created in the company culture someone else thinks is a good company culture and rarely is. When you are the founder, you build your own business, you create the company, you get to decide exactly what it's like. So I would like you to be creative. I want you to explore different models of what your potential business would have to generate, what it could be like to support different lifestyles. Because let me tell you, I I don't mind living a little leaner than I did in Silicon Valley, since it means never having a boss again. I haven't had a job and I haven't had a boss in over 13 years. That's crazy. Sometimes the time has flown. It's been 13 years since I've had a regular job or a boss. And I have the freedom to decide how I spend my days, which is pretty darn sweet. So in the rest of this episode, I want to share just some creative examples of lifestyle businesses. The first two are going to be near and dear to your heart. It's going to be exactly something you can do. One is to simply copy and paste your job description. I've talked about this before, but I think it's important to bring it up again. Two, it's a little bit different, but filling an empty seat as an interim employee. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Three, dog walker. (laughs) Uh, You'd be surprised by the number of people who have created a lifestyle business, sometimes making over six figures, as a dog walker. Another one, number four, life coach. There are so many life coaches now. And it is so easy to become a life coach. And what it means to be a life coach is a thousand and one things. And a lot of people are making that a full-time business and a way to support themselves. And five is kind of fun. It's just interesting. It's artistic. I have a friend who does this a calligraphy business of all things. Making a living with calligraphy. The whole point of me sharing these, and I want to do more of this, is to give you examples of interesting, crazy in some cases, off the wall, unexpected businesses, just to show what's possible. There are so many people who are independent and supporting themselves with businesses you could never imagine. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. So number one, copy and paste your job description. One of the fastest and easiest ways to build a lifestyle business is to leverage your current job description. Get paid directly by clients or customers to do the same work you do every day for an employer. This is exactly how I created my first solopreneur business. Uh, it's a, I know exactly how a local friend uh, created their their first, um, I think it was their first business as an automotive shop. They had been an employee. They had tons of experience as a mechanic and they created a business doing what they already knew how to do. So in my case, it was during my last year working at Apple and a uh, small tech startup had just wooed me away. 
However, I don't think I even worked there for a full year, if I look back at it, before a much larger company acquired us. Which is a good thing, right? It's not like I made enough to retire, I'll tell you that. But what happened, the new company basically took our technology and our patents and then laid all of us off. <laughs> we, we all lost our jobs all at once. Yay. Uh, so our founder and the, the CEO relaunched the company as a new startup a few weeks later with a slightly different focus. So we were able to do it without the IP. Most of the employees went ahead and just rejoined that new company and became employees again. But I saw this as an opportunity to work with them as a consultant instead, instead of becoming an employee again. You know, I'd been working with several consultants at the previous company and we became good friends. We're still friends with many of them. They encouraged me and they helped guide me as I ventured into this solopreneurial world for the very first time. That was really my first time as a grown-up. I'd had little businesses as a kid, but as a grown-up, as an adult. My lifestyle business was a solopreneur design agency that offered web and application design services, mostly to startups and sometimes larger companies. As a design consultant, I delivered the same work to my clients that I had been providing as an employee. I essentially just copied and pasted my job description. It really was almost that simple. My very first client was that new startup, which had been my former employer. And I started working with more clients later that year, adding additional clients. Of course, Running a business is more complex than being an employee. But this is an excellent example of using your job description to define a business plan, to create a plan. I mean, you're still doing what you did before in your nine to five job, but now you're providing those services as an independent business owner. And you can scale and you can take on more clients. If you want to, you can hire contractors. Hey, if you want to hire employees, go for it. Make a full-blown agency. One of my clients did that for many, many years and was bringing in about, I think he said $2 million a year in revenue from that business. So not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, number two is a little bit of a modification to that. And it's filling an empty seat as a, quote, interim employee. Uh, I often tell my clients that if they're looking for a new job, they can look at job openings as an opportunity to potentially pitch their services to fill that seat temporarily. If they don't want that full-time job, they can offer themselves as a consultant and say, hey, I'll play that role until you find who you're looking for. I have a good network. I can help you find somebody. It works pretty well. I've had a few engagements like that. So one tech startup many years ago wanted to hire a full-time CPO, chief product officer, and approached me about the role. Unfortunately, it would have required an international relocation for my family, and I just didn't want to do that. So I said, I wasn't interested in becoming an employee, but 
I could play the role of an interim CPO until they hired their full-time person. And I ended up consulting with that company on retainer for years. I even joined their board. Another company wanted to hire a full-time head of design, head of UX. Again, I wasn't interested. I didn't, I didn't want a full-time job at the time. Uh, so instead, I offered to consult with the company and to be their interim head of design and to help them find and hire my replacement, to look for people, to interview people, uh, and get that person up and running before I left. And that gig lasted about about a year and a half, I believe. And it was it was great. It's fun working with those folks. So when you're experienced and you're good at what you do, you can build a business around being an interim employee. You know, like I was an interim CPO. You could be an interim you know, head of design or an interim you know, head of engineering, whatever it might be. Or providing what they call fractional services. You probably heard of fractional CFOs. And I link that if you go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com, you can look into it. So offering a fractional role is great for companies that don't need or can't afford someone in that full-time position. And this does happen a lot with CFOs. Sometimes smaller startups want someone in that role during key points of their life cycle. So if they're raising funding, it'd be great to have a CFO to go to the meetings and help with that, but they don't need somebody full-time yet, right? So that's a fractional CFO. So that's a great business. That is a great business. You are the interim whatever they need and you're there and you're in that seat immediately providing value, doing the job because you're so experienced and you can help them find their full-time person, but that can be a really lucrative business. So I'm going to do some fun ones. I always talk about tech. I always talk about uh, Silicon Valley and stuff like this. So I want to talk about stuff that's entirely different. So third one is dog walker. So I'm going to keep doing this. I want to share more fun and unexpected examples of these solopreneur businesses because I'm not trying to give you the exact blueprint of what specific business you should create. All I want is to kind of get the wheels turning for you. I want to inspire you with these stories. I want to spark your creative thinking and come up with all kinds of ways that you could build a really fun business for yourself that you enjoy and that you're good at doing. But who knew? Who knew that a dog walker could earn over $100,000 a year? News to me. Uh, Earlier this year, I think it was in January, the New York Times reported that some dog walkers in New York City, probably Manhattan, are earning six figures. And they said this is probably due to a lot of people who got dogs during the pandemic. Everybody wanted a companion. Fantastic. During the pandemic, we're working at home. That's all well and good. But guess what's happening now? (laughs) Companies are saying, hey, remote employees. I know we said you could work remote forever, but we lied. We want you to come back to the office. This uh, corporate real estate is super expensive. We want to make sure we're using it. So they're pulling people back into the office three, four days a week, some five days a week. So now these dog owners need someone to take their pets for walks while they're stuck in an office all day. Uh, I think Entrepreneur picked this up too, and they shared some information about an individual. Her name's Bethany Lane. She founded her dog care business. Uh, she calls it Whistle and Wag <laughs> back in 2014, so long before the pandemic. I think she charges around 35 bucks a walk. 
And she initially started this looking for a way to pay rent and pay off some loans that she'd taken on, probably student loans, while she was pursuing her first career in public health. Uh, But it's really taken off. And I'd say that her lifestyle business has worked out pretty well. It's earning in the six-figure range. She wasn't specific, but she said she was comfortably in the six-figure range. She's paid off her loans. She's had to hire more dog walkers. So I don't know if she's doing this as contractors or employees, but yes, maybe she's no longer just a pure solopreneur, but it is, it's a lifestyle business. And she was able to purchase a vacation home. Not bad. So there's a quote from Bethany. If I would have told my younger self, I can make a living caring for dogs. I never would have believed it. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool to make a comfortable living doing something you love, isn't it? Uh, Number four is life coach. So life coaching is an interesting business. It's an unregulated profession. You don't need a license to become one. Although a lot of people do get certified. So they get certified and become uh, through the ICF, many of them. Uh, There's no oversight boards. There's no standard curricula for training. There really isn't a standard code of ethics. Um, ICF has their own. Basically, if you want to say you're a life coach, you can. You can say, I'm a life coach now. No one can stop you. (laughs) No one can stop you from putting up a website saying, I'm a life coach. And you could start finding clients and start working with people. Uh, There's a little snippet from Very Well Mind that explains what a life coach is. Life coaches can help you clarify your goals identify the obstacles holding you back and then come up with strategies for overcoming each obstacle. And they tend to do a lot of different stuff. They work with people on life issues. You know, for example, how do I break a bad habit? Financial challenges is a common one. I can't seem to stop wasting money. I need help with budgeting. A lot of relationships, relationship stuff. That's hard to say. Why do all my dating relationships end in disaster? That's a, that's probably a business that can keep going forever. Uh, and they even say they do career coaching, you know, people who are struggling at work. Um, there was an interview with Stacy Smith. She's a successful life coach. She built her six figure business before she even had a website. (laughs) So she didn't even have a website up yet. And she already had a six figure business going. I've talked about this before. People waste too much time and money doing all the things they need to do, like getting a logo and a trademark and a website and a portfolio and this and this and that. And you really just need social media, phone, you know, maybe do zoom calls, have some way to take money. That's about it. You do not need all the fancy stuff. So she already had a business up and running before she did built a website. She did get started by hiring a coach a lot of coaches have their own coach. I've worked with coaches. I'm, I'm going through some coaching right now. Uh, and she did get certified before she had her business up and running. She's totally location independent, does everything by Zoom and phone, which is the same way I operate my career coaching practice, you know, invinciblecareer.com. Love it. I love it. I don't have to be anywhere. <laughs> as long as I have an internet connection, I'm fine. So I can travel, I can work at home, I can work at a coffee shop if I want to, whatever. So I've looked around and I've seen life coaches 
offering their sessions ranging anywhere from 65 bucks an hour to $600 an hour. Yeah, $600 an hour. Not bad. Obviously, the coaches who have more experience that provide specialty services like executive coaching that have a credential background, you know, I have a PhD in psychology that helps. Um, some folks have MBAs, you know, they have certifications, they, they charge more and that's because they're worth it. And I'm going to wrap up with the final one. This is an interesting one. It's a fun one. Calligraphy, a calligraphy business. So I was in a business group many years ago. I'm still friends with a ton of those folks. It's been fantastic. Uh, one of my acquaintances in that group has over 40 years of experience as a professional calligrapher. Her work is gorgeous. She's amazing. Her lifestyle business directly provides calligraphy services. You know, for example, getting custom work done on invitations, like a wedding invitation. But she has expanded and diversified her business to sell books and courses on calligraphy too. Smart. So it reminds me of a Forbes article I read by Adam Coffey. He described his sister's calligraphy business. And said it was the quintessential lifestyle business. You know, it's all built around her. She earned money by teaching calligraphy seminars all over the world. However, she wanted to diversify her income streams. And she also wanted to build a business that she could retire from and sell. And that's important. It's kind of a nice thing, isn't it? It's a really nice thing to build a business. This is how you make a living. And when you're ready to be done with it, you can sell it as an asset. You can't do that as a nine to five employee. I couldn't sell my old job. (laughs) I couldn't decide I'm going to leave this tech career. I'm going to stop being an executive and I'm going to sell it. Who wants to be an executive now and take over my job? Mm -mm, It's not my asset. Anyway, that's another article for another time. Another story for another podcast. So that, you know, doing that, being able to sell your business can be challenging as a solopreneur if you are the business and people do often end up doing that. However, she did come up with ways to scale her business and transform it into an asset that she could later sell. So she built a studio where she recorded her seminars and she rented it to other artists so they could teach too. She began teaching online seminars, so no longer just in person, so she could reach a larger global audience and sell a seminar to 500 people instead of 50. She recorded her seminars and saved all those recordings and sold them online, so basically online courses. So now she has a business with assets and products that she doesn't have to worry about taking breaks. She keeps making money when she goes on vacation. Now she can retire and sell the business. So that's pretty cool. This is a great example of why it is so important to get out of that model of selling your time for money. And that's, that's the first thing many of us do. It's what I did with my first business. Um, and a big component of my business still has that. I love my one-on-one coaching. So I coach leaders one-on-one. I coach people through career stuff, like trying to find a new job one-on-one, I coach people with their, uh, through my business coaching one-on-one, but I also knew I had to scale and I had to create more diverse income streams. And that's why I started my private community that people pay to join. That's why I have a paid newsletter. 
And so it's a premium subscription that I could sell infinite number of times. I could sell it to a million people if I wanted to, right? I have courses, you name it. And that's important. So you should always be looking for ways to scale your business and to create products that can sell basically 24-7, right? You need to sleep, you want to be able to go on vacation, and you want to retire someday. So if you build a business like that with a customer base, that becomes an asset that you could sell to someone and they could take over your business. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, hope this was helpful. Hopefully it gets the creative juices flowing. Sharing those creative examples of lifestyle businesses. I'd love to hear what you have in mind. So if you ever want to chat with me, go to newsletter.invinciblesolopreneurs.com and you can leave a comment. I'd uh, love to hear from you and love to talk a little bit more about what you're thinking about creating. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with building the business of your dreams.